exploring the mysteries of life and the cosmos with an overwhelming desire to uncover buried truth, discovering whether or not human beings purposefully manipulated the world or something more spiritual has happened or is happening. Researching a wide range of topics such as conspiracies, religion, spirituality, science, health, and history, Apple of Perception delves into the beyond, where nothing is off-limits. This is Apple of Perception Podcast. If the world is an enigma, then everyone is either telling their own truths and or we're all pathological liars. Because everything is consciousness, choice dictates reality, and the truth is within. I'm your host, Joseph Edward Vinay, and we will continue with the reading of my book, Apple of Perception. I'm going to get into chapter 4 here, and it's on alchemy. In the beginning of this chapter is an oath, a stipulation that is presented from the teacher and healer Asclepius to his pupil, Hippocrates. Um, it's a very ancient oath. Um, I know that I, as I personally have had no other teacher but have stumbled upon this art through prayer alone. I have no predecessors but the one mind we all share, and to it I must keep this oath and stipulation myself. I wish not to keep my knowledge a secret as I see that what is known by this practice has already been divulged to those who use it without responsibility. Now bringing this information to the, to the world can only benefit all of mankind. To know the truths that are hidden in order to defend themselves against the improper uses of this practice that already affects them. Okay, here we go. Apple of Perception, Part 1, Chapter 4, Alchemy. One has to go through many hardships to live and to grow, amongst others, before coming to understanding of all that which is and most of us never make it that far. In order to get into the correct mindset, you will now be presented the point of view of a true physician. In order to better the quality of life, to share knowledge where it is meant to be shared, it is an understanding that spiritual truths only belong in the hands of those who use knowledge with respect and wisdom. The following is the original oath of the physician. By reading it, hopefully you can discern truth and accept it with the mindset in which it is meant to be accepted. The oath of Hippocrates. The oath Hippocrates took under his teacher Asclepius. Translated, of course, to English. I swear by Apollo the physician and Asclepius and Hygieia Medicina and Panacea, or in other words, health and all heal, or God the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit, and all the gods and goddesses, or all the angels and saints, that according to my ability and judgment, I will keep the oath and the stipulation to reckon him who taught me as art equally this art as equally dear to me as parents, that to share my substance with him and relieve his necessities if required, to look upon his offspring in the same footing as my own brothers, and to teach them this art if they wish to learn it, without fee or stipulation, and that by precept, lecture, and 
every other mode of instruction. I will impart a knowledge of the art to my own sons and those of my teachers and to disciples bound by a stipulation and oath according to the law of medicine, but to none others. I will follow that system of regimen which according to my ability and judgment I consider for the benefit of my patients and abstain from whatever is deleterious and mischievous. I will give no deadly medicine to anyone if asked, nor suggest any such counsel, and in like manner I will not give to a woman a pessary to produce abortion. With purity and with holiness I will pass my life and practice my art. I will not cut persons laboring under the stone, but will leave this to be done by practitioners of this work. Into whatever houses I enter, I will go into them for the benefit of the sick, and will abstain from voluntary act of mischief and corruption, and further from the seduction of females or males, of free men or slaves, whatever in connection with my professional service, or not in connection with it, I see or hear in the life of men which ought not to be spoken of abroad. I will not divulge, as reckoning that all such should be kept secret. While I continue to keep this oath unviolated, may it be granted to me to enjoy life and the practice of the art, respected by all men in all times. But should I trespass and violate this oath, may the reverse be my lot. End quote. If the doctors of today were to take the original oath here, instead of the expurgated and raped version they call the Hippocratic Oath, this world would be much healthier and a holy place. Instead, today we teach ignorance, trickery, and the selling of indulgences. Before getting into the practice of ancient alchemy, one has to understand the nature of reality and how the physical world is shaped and formed. It is via manipulation of this process of creation in which alchemy and the true art of healing has its practice. This is not the alchemy of the Renaissance period, which was mostly meant to hide mystic practices and performed what mostly became modern-day chemistry. This is ancient alchemy, which practiced manipulation of spiritual, primal, etheric energy. So, in order to understand how to manipulate matter, one has to understand what it is. The aether has been described in previous chapters, and now we can begin looking at the particulars of this energy and how the different frequencies of it cause different behavior. All matter has a resonance of particular frequencies, like how a singer can break a glass at a certain pitch. This is why it is important to watch what you eat and to be conscious of the influences you choose to consume. Crystal energy and the act of laying on hands work in this way. The low frequencies of crystals harmonize with the body and the laying on of hands allows for a way to transfer influence of oneself onto another. The human aura and all that jazz are real things, invisible influences yet very real. They affect the sources within ourselves that are out of phase 
with perceivable reality within the etheric dimensional density or space domain. They apply their frequency and give our source the option to harmonize with it. We know this truth by observing how we feel while listening to different types of music. Another source for verifying and witnessing this invisible power of resonance is a science known as cymatics. Experiments are done by putting a metal sheet on top of a speaker and then placing sand on the metal. When specific tones are played through the speaker, the sand dances around to form a kaleidoscope-like patterns. Every frequency has its own distinct pattern that it creates on this two-dimensional surface. Royal Raymond Reif studied the various electromagnetic frequencies in depth. Still today, you can research the Reif frequencies and be offered endless free knowledge of the relation to specific frequencies and their effect on the human body. They stimulate specific organs, specific feelings, and sensations, activate and align the chakras, and can even overstimulate pathogens, viruses, and cancers to cause them to disintegrate. Everything comes down to the specific vibrations of this energy, this energy that resonates in and out of our perceived elements. They are the hosts to this invisible energy. The atoms are chakras, hosts, churches, cups, etc. These are all the same thing. The following concepts reflect the existence of this invisible energy in the molecular structures of our body. Collagen is a rainbow-like protein strand the body uses to build its foundation, both physical and mental. This is the molecule that makes up our bones. The distance and spacing between its many braided loops changes its output frequencies, depending on its shape, and every one's and every one could be different. The first crystallized molecule of collagen after the umbilical cord is cut is what programs the human body. The resonance of that crystallized piece resonates toward all others that follow, along with environmental influences throughout your life. And it defines you. It is shaped by all the invisible energetic influences that surround you at the moment of your birth. The arrangement of the planets, the stars, astrology, truly can determine who you are. Knowing this truth should help us realize why, while living in a blanket of technologically produced electromagnetic frequencies, we have so many birth defects and other health problems. This foundation is often not permanent, but built up and broken down on a regular basis. Its frequency is determined when crystallized, whenever your body rebuilds bone tissue. It is determined by whatever you choose to surround yourself with, and since the human body can transmute electromagnetic frequency, we can manifest within our own foundation. We have the ability to change who we are and make choices. In the same way, we can influence others. And always, the chicken or the egg paradox of which came first should always be considered. Science has shown how entire bone structure is remade on an average of every seven years. This fact should be considered by those who hold themselves to their astrological destinies. As collagen forms our physical foundation, our DNA determines our current state. 
With its malleable shape, it can stretch in many frequencies of any magnetic field that affects it within the same capacitance of the strand itself, the bloodstream and cell interiors. It reflects and or controls our current health and emotion. DNA strands are like tiny little magnets that read and size themselves to certain wavelengths, with their main source of influence being the beating of the human heart. The different layers of the muscle tissue in the human heart allow for a plethora of different possibilities when the DNA then matches up with RNA that performs specific duties that are determined by their current shape. Like a barcode, the DNA carries orders within the electromagnetic current of the human body. Knowing this debunks any concepts of junk DNA. Most positive influences of all these factors have to do with abiding by a moral code and are easily found in such sources as a Bible and any other source that one would use common sense of understanding that we should treat others as we would want to be treated. The energetic vibrations we put out resonate into existence on one layer of dimensional plane or another. Our output energies can affect us personally or even someone on the other side of the globe. This process we know of as the butterfly effect. We encounter this process at every moment of our lives, for example, when our carelessness and annoying nature can give someone else a headache. Understanding this process brings order to what was once deemed chaos. It should be understood that our every thought and action does not fizzle into nothingness, but instead persists. The electric effects of positive and negative charges are reflected in our body through electron direction in terms of grounding. Grounding is akin to fizzling out and results in phase conjugation or creation of matter on one dimensional plane or another. Invisible energy grounds out in our bodies on a regular basis. Consumption of food in conjunction with our respiratory and circulatory system is one way of introducing materials which current is then grounded towards instead of the solid crystal structure of our bodies. This is why it is important to watch what you eat. Toxins in food are materials that prevent that grounding from happening or even produce their own harmful frequency and create reverse current again to resonate within us and are not grounded and even pull into us harmful ambient energies, making us become what we eat and even give us allergy-like symptoms. With that knowledge, that leaves little to no foods that can't be considered toxins. Health becomes a choice of the belief system. What causes you inflammation personally is really just a result of programming that can be undone. Consumption of most things is more of an addiction than a necessity, as these things that are toxins are harmful and leave us feeling hungry anyway. When current is not released from the body and allowed to ground out inside it, it can break down tissue. It resonates within us and then conjugates allowing for separation of atoms from molecules, breaking down crystalline structures. This is the cause of bone decay, but doesn't occur in everyone. This is also what shortens telomeres on our DNA and causes aging. Essentially, the conscious cause of decay is recognizing power outside of the self the acceptance of one's own mortality and the idea of physical death as an inevitability. In that light, deterioration can be blamed on submission or giving up. 
through experience here on Earth, we learn that we are forced to toil in order to obtain the material needs necessary to survive. In order to maintain our bodies the way they are, we must stay grounded and keep from negative energies building up within us. Whether it be from foods or contact grounding to the earth, air, or whatever other source that could draw current from the body, especially vampiric entities or individuals, must be dealt with. These grounding sources also resonate with their own influences, so it is important to choose sources that are organic and whose frequencies harmonize correctly with the body. Breathing is the most necessary function our bodies carry out. We intake single atoms like oxygen and nitrogen in order to bond them to structures which, which empower our cells and build up our tissue. This bonding produces heat, which is electromagnetic waves being carried into, out, and away from our bodies. This is why, without breath, we break down fast, get cold, and die. When we are grounded, we are strong. Our structures are built up, and who we are flows through our veins. The layers of tissue that make up our bodies give us capacitance, but that energy filling us must always have a purpose, or a source. If it has no source, then it is grounded within us and breaks us down, degrading our tissue. The sun, our main source of energy, the largest electromagnetic source for all that is on Earth, flows into us regardless of whether or not we ask it to. It is necessary to have a focus for that energy, to use it, to ground it. It is the power over this world that ensures time progresses and life cycles. There are also many other ambient environmental energy sources that our bodies are exposed to on a constant basis that we must ground out or find harmony with. This etheric energy is never stagnant, and it can be scary to think of how responsible you must be with it. If energy of frequencies that do not harmonize with our bodies is not grounded out or transmuted and put to use, it resonates acoustically through our body and fizzles down into matter, becoming viruses, cancers, germs, and free radicals of other sorts, like entities that cause possession or haunting symptoms. Yet, through proper meditation and with the correct mindset and spiritual atonement, one can achieve a cyclical movement of energy around oneself, providing all the grounding work necessary. This is a use of transmutation used by the mystics and alchemists. When in harmony with the heavens, one does not require worldly influence in order to remain properly sustained. Such is the study of Breatharians and the boasted achievement of a Buddha post-enlightenment, and many others who have experienced transfiguration or apotheosis. In other words, it is absolutely crucial for the health of your body and your soul to stay grounded, to harmonize. You must have a focus to output energy. It can be an energy of any frequency, since our bodies have that uncanny ability to transmute this invisible etheric energy. Abstain from all that is deleterious. Whether it is in your actions or your words, your thoughts or your prayers, stay grounded. Humble yourself, align with the harmony of all that exists, and put yourself to good use. With a reason to live, you have no reason to die. Since the frequencies we output go out to shape the world we live in, it behooves us to only do and say things in frequencies that harmonize with our bodies and make us 
in others healthy. What we output resonates in others and will come back to you one day. This all has been relative to how karma works. Knowing this concept brings new meaning to what is a sin and offers much instruction on how to live one's life. This is the concept learned from the Emerald Tablets, tablets of Toth. As Toth talks of his travels in the lands of curves and the lands of angles, Toth experienced the realm of curves to be peaceful and elegant, while the realm of angles was harsh and cruel. The story is an allegory for frequencies and the energies that we put out into the world and their effects. We can understand this concept by acknowledging the differences of major and minor chords in music and how they make us feel. This process which gives us energy and life is the question that God and the entire universe ask us. What we do with this energy and the action we take in our lives is up to us, and that is our answer to this question. We are fractal pieces of the divine whole. We have a copy of divinity within us, a soul. We have consciousness. We are all transmutators of this invisible etheric energy that is the foundation of reality. And this energy carries on, manifesting where we direct it. What we manifest in life is our purpose, so make it a good one for all mankind. Be helpful, be entertaining, be all that you can. And if you keep determined and confident, then you will stay grounded and in harmony with all creation. If you remain idle and give in to doubt and fear, then you will suffer. So, flow with the current and harden not your heart, but your bone. Constantly be laying the brick and mortar of your foundation. A purpose-driven life not only brings fulfillment, but an immaculate one can heal and reverse the process of aging. I'm sure you've heard before of older folk continuing to do work because they claim it keeps them young. You probably thought that was just an old wives' tale, until now. As to the art of this practice, there are many forms. Reiki, chiropractic, massage, meditation, ac acupuncture, alchemy, prayer, sacraments and practices of many religions and all things spiritual invoke this unseen energy in truth all medicine music and advertising speaking and any activity whatsoever utilizes this science of truth in some way shape or form since it does indeed encompass all things the art of asclepius the healer however was one of beneficial energies to the body and soul. These ancient practices are only meaningful if you disregard the doubts of modern sciences and understand again why they work. Awareness and belief in this unseen energy being the foundation of our earth is the first step everyone needs to take. Righteous paths like these are all a way of harmonizing, atoning, and healing oneself using the tool of conscious choice and willpower. To omit the belief of this unseen energy is to make the conscious decision of not letting it enter into your life, thus severing the endless loop and causing yourself to suffer. Yet even with the belief there are still deleterious ways this energy is utilized. Modern medicine evokes this human ability to transmute frequency, yet the reason modern medicines have so many side effects is because we use toxins to administer the sick, with the idea that like cleanses like. 
If the body has immunity to a certain disease, then a drug is given to induce known symptoms that the body already has a prescribed method of fighting off and in turn produces a positive reaction with the new disease. The flare-up of symptoms causes a wide range of neutralizing frequencies and causes the body to heal itself regardless or not if its immune system being able to recognize the new disease as a threat worthy of such a reaction. The immune system learns nothing, and we continue to rely on the medicine as our remedy. That is all that is accomplished in modern medicine. It's an art of trickery that treats only symptoms and not the cause. Why is it that modern medicine does not know how to give the body specific immunities to allergens? It leaves the only hope for those who do not wish to take medicine, theorizing that if they expose themselves to something frequently, they can willfully build up a tolerance for it. But it's a lot easier than that. Immunity is really just the body of being readily prepared to neutralize specific environmental toxins, or rather, frequencies. This can be reflected in some someone having a tolerance for lactose milk or someone not being able to smell their own gas and even someone who walks through a field of ragweed without a sniffle. They are all the same thing. Immunities. <clears throat> they are situational, not permanent, and everyone can willfully acquire any immunity necessary as long as they follow the following arts. Allergies, disease, feelings of depression, and all that is a weight of the world that we need not affect that need not affect you anymore as long as you atone and harmonize with all that is there are a few methods of ensuring our bodies properly ground out harmful frequencies and maintain immunities we can try a whole food plant-based diet staying rich with vitamins minerals and staying void of harmful pesticides and preservatives and all other deleterious frequencies for some this is their best bet at never suffering from disease or allergic reactions ever again, but this is impossible to do. Luckily, there are other ways than choice in consumption that work to remedy our ailments. Our entire environment contributes to our health and has just as big of an impact on us as the food we eat. Or we can choose to accept deleterious frequencies as a necessity of life and bless them for the perspective that they offer, instead of damning them and fighting against them. Yet there are even ancient practices which were no doubt taught by Asclepius, the healer himself, that were meant to combat and neutralize the deleterious. There is a process of biofield aura grounding which applies connections of the body with organic materials like crystals and stone. This shamanic practice is made possible thanks to the effects of precious and non-precious metals and the frequencies that reside in crystal formation. The matrix of metal, stone, and organic material used is merely a way of increasing current, grounding out harmful frequencies, and cleansing the body with pure frequencies from organic matter. It causes an endless loop of transmutation energy so that the harmful frequencies do not fizzle in the body. One does not need a physical application of these artifacts to allow them to live a fulfilled life, but they can still have a profound effect on the body, and because of the vast number of perceived toxins in today's world, it may be necessary to administer them. 
If you so choose to observe it as such, these crystal matrixes are basically recreations of the structure that makes up fertile soil, yet they can offer more potential. More can be learned from researching Wilhelm Reich's work on orgone energy. Shamans and medicine men have been using plant-based salves and crystals for their medicines for so many years that we cannot account to it any documented origin. Even today, people continue these practices. Why would such a thing continue if the practices didn't work? Outside of its symbolic meaning, our bodies can be cleansed of harmful frequencies through the very device that serves as the symbol of modern medicine today, the Rod of Asclepius. Not to be confused with the Rod of Hermes, a single brazen coil wrapped around a stick of pine, wrapped with a short diameter at the bottom to a long diameter at the top. Coated in beeswax allows for the give and take of electrons in and out through the electromagnetic field, taking away and transmuting bad frequencies and allowing the body to reabsorb healthy frequencies instead. This is known as the Nahustan in the Bible, the brazen serpent Moses erected in the desert. Brass being a combination of precious and non-precious metals allows for the give and take of current from organics. Coating the wood and coil in beeswax provides an inhibiting crystalline structure that transmutes frequency at any given point. The coil itself gradually increases in radius from low to high and transmutes frequency from high to low. And the pine wood pole gives us an organic foundation whose specific matrix structure cannot be recreated by the hands of man. Using this rod requires the pole to be grounded in the earth and pointed towards the heavens. You could either be near it or touch it to benefit from its cleansing effect. High potential coils like this would cause a spark when touching the low frequency end on top, temporarily discharging the potential buildup. This is why the stories of Asclepius the healer attested people to be licked by a snake that he had wrapped around a pole. The process simply works through transmutation of invisible energy, which rains down from the heavens everywhere and at all times. This same energy brings existence to all things, and this same transmutation process is happening on a molecular scale in all protein strands. Most will argue that such things like the Nahustan or Rod of Asclepius are merely symbolic. They do have a plethora of symbolic meanings in terms of spirituality, but this does not eliminate from the physical reputation of it from having to have existed with a similar physical purpose. Use of this practice has been such utilized in ways that can can and do cause harm, and is very much present in our modern day culture. People have found ways of increasing the potential of this endless knot of energy and raise its potential in desired frequencies. Whether they know it or not, the energy generated forces influence upon others. This is the use of multiple coils. This is what has been known as the caduceus coil, an instrument meant for the enhancement of potential influence which is why it was often held in the hands of pharaohs and caesars. Their own willful influence was carried through the air 
as they held onto this artifact. This is not a rod for healing, though it is used as a symbol for medicine today. This is also similar to the way transformers are manufactured, an ever-present aspect in our world. Our modern-day electricity functions at 60 Hz. This is the window frequency of human emotion. Its frequency matches resonance with elemental iron and serves as an enhancer to all frequencies influencing our bodies, mind, and health. This due to the hemoglobin of our blood being rooted in iron atoms. Exposure from this influence leaves us to be easily swayed by environmental influences, including advertisements and other instances of control. Even our wireless internet networks that operate inside our homes produce frequency that match octaves for resonant frequencies of malignant growths in our bodies we call cancer. Many look at this technology in a negative light, thinking that it causes disease. Though, if we remember, when Tesla introduced this technology, he said it could cure disease. It seems it's just in how we choose to see it and respond to it that we alter its effects. The double coil of the caduceus is also reflected on a molecular level in our DNA. This is what allows coded frequencies to resonate within the capacity of our body and send out their influence, be it in harmony or not. There are many other forms of these artifacts, which are literal and figurative representations of how invisible energy flows. The ancient Egyptian god Heka is said to be the original concept behind the myth of Asclepius. He is said to have existed before duality came about. Heka was the god of magic and medicine, and said to be the origin of magic in our physical world. Heka referred to the deity, the concept, and the practice of magic. He is a personified version of etheric energy. Since magic was a significant aspect of medical practice, a physician would invoke Heka in order to practice Heka. In ancient Egyptian belief, the universe was created and given form by magical means, and magic sustained both the visible and the invisible worlds. Heka was thought to have been present at creation, and was the generative power the gods drew upon in order to create life. He is often depicted holding crossed serpent-like staves, and is the original concept behind the imagery of Egyptians crossing their arms with crook and flail. His serpent-like staves were representations of etheric primordial energy, or electromagnetic waves, and in crossing them, manifestation occurred. This depiction of crossing the staves, or arms, is testament to how our world was brought into being, how it is sustained, and how we contribute to it. There are recreations of this action all over the ancient and modern world. Wakanda forever. Also, in ancient Egypt, there is depiction of frequent use of Horus rods. These copper and zinc rods were held in the right and left hands respectively. They were filled with sand and crystal. Using them involved holding them at your sides while standing barefoot under the sun. This practice permitted cycling of energies that grounded people to better their health. 
These rods were often depicted as staves, onks, crooks, flails, and were based on whatever symbolic meaning was meant to be brought across. The concept, the symbol portrayed, set the desired frequency for the magic at work via the person using it, identifying with that symbol. Even without the physical representations of these magical rods, one can still acquire health and immunity to all disease by willfully utilizing their own body as a symbolic rod. In ancient times, the body was for, referred to as a rod. To quote Psalm 23, The Lord is my shepherd, I lack nothing. He makes me lie down in green pastures. He leads me beside quiet waters. He refreshes my soul. He guides me along the right paths for his namesake. Even though I walk through the darkest valley, I will fear no evil. For you are with me, your rod and your staff, they comfort me. You prepare a table before me in the presence of my enemies. You anoint my head with oil, my cup overflows. Surely your goodness and love will follow me all the days of my life, and I will dwell in the house of the Lord forever. That's Psalm 23. In this psalm, David speaks to the transmutational power of man's constitution when aided by the endless grace of the divine. It speaks of sovereignty. It is also worth noting that literally anointing one's head with oil changes the capacity of the human body and can cause it to heat up. This common practice lowered inflammation and overall internal temperature in someone that had a fever. Many New Age cultures reference this passage as the opening of the third eye of wisdom, because when the pineal gland excretes DMT, it can feel like being anointed with oil. Outside of the psychotropic connotations of this passage, it is referenced here for David's allegory of his body as a as God's staff and rod. It was common for the ancient Hebrews to acknowledge that their own body did not belong to them, but to the God of the world. The physical constructs of the Jed pillars in ancient Egypt were based on the human spine. They were used as ancient batteries and reflected the ability of the spine to maintain a charge within its vertebral discs. Like David and other ancient healers, simply by exposing yourself to more sunlight, fresh air, contact with fertile ground of the earth, and having restful, rejuvenating sleep, you can re-energize yourself and charge the capacitance within your vertebral discs. A return to nature can help one breathe easier and regain their composure. What surrounds us literally resonates with power. We should be aware of this and make the choice to surround ourselves with things that make us healthy instead of kill us, slowly. That is if we do not possess the constitution within ourselves to transmute it all, to deal with it alone without outside assistance. To the healer, it makes a world of a difference whether you know these things or not. You can be a product of your own environment if you deny your spiritual ability, or you can rise above it and take control of yourself. You can know thyself. One of the best ways one can know thyself and cure yourself is by practicing the ancient art of fasting. Surviving on mere willpower alone and by the light within yourself is an ascetic method 
for curing all disease, including cancer. This is one of eight methods for altering conscious states as outlined in the final chapter of this work, Method. This requires that you stay positive and believe that it will work, since the energies you put out and not what you consume is what will resonate into reality. This is why the simple cures for cancer have not been accepted. Reif and Warburg methods work better at curing cancer than any other method, but they depend on you to make them work. The method Otto Warburg discovered for curing cancer is simple. Cancer cells have a flaw. They need glucose to survive. They're formed with mutated mitochondria that only process glucose for energy. The simple fix for this is fasting. When the body switches over to ketosis, cancer cells begin to die. You can start by doing intermittent fasting until your body learns to switch over to start the process of ketogenesis faster. Once your body is comfortable doing so, fast for several days at a time. Do so regularly and you'll be cancer free. You can cure your diabetes and more. Anyone who has stumbled upon this information has always been silenced. Through willful ignorance, pride, and greed, men have prevented this knowledge from being common. Also, many involved in the occult have outwardly stated that common man must endure the deleterious and come to these realizations themselves. It is their belief that informing all people of these truths would do them no justice and may stunt their spiritual growth. Yet, the truths of this art are present in every religious and spiritual text, and they all point towards the same path of enlightenment. There have been documented conspiracies one after the other regarding the hidden truths of our world. It was the works of Volta and Tesla who unlocked the secret of the pharaohs for modern use and since we have been bathed in man-made electromagnetic influence. Although corrupt leaders have held the caduceus before, their influence never had as much potential as it does today. It was the intention of Tesla to use this science for the benefit of mankind, to cure all disease, but his work was usurped by the federal government and hidden from the public eye. Since Tesla, we've had Royal Raymond Reif, Wilhelm Reich, Daniel Winter, Delbert Blair, and countless other names of people that have seen the unseen and were silenced. This silence, however, seems to come from a divine ordinance. There's literally a prime directive in place to prevent the uninitiated from seeing beyond the veil before they are prepared. If not from direct human involvement, then from willful ignorance toward unaccepted claims. Through this, truth is persistently silence. There will be more on this prime directive in later chapters. However you swallow the pill, this is the truth. Take part in this dance if you want, enjoy it, own it. Or you can complain, you can pick a corner to sit in until you're diagnosed with restless leg syndrome or fibromyalgia and your cartilage breaks down and you can't stand on your own feet anymore. Seek the medicines, fight the resources, fight for resources, or ignore it and have a drink. Do so and soon enough you'll be buried six feet under. 
You're going to get diabetes if you rely on food alone to live. If your heavenly soul never figures out how to lovingly coexist with its environment, it's going to have problems dealing with the lack of what the world has to offer. As you will be given less when you cease to contribute. We have to figuratively look up more often and willfully receive grace. Fill our own cup and let the world harmonize with us. There is no reason for decay except to enforce dependence on worldly things. In our hearts, mankind has always dreamed and expected the demise of broken culture, corrupt society, and governments. Yet, we must get over our addictions if we intend to live in a golden age. The reality of what is a governing power resides in the conscious constants of the allegorical angels and demons we align ourselves with. They are two sides of the same coin polarized in our dualistic world. Even in choosing the better, we cause the other half to suffer. We must learn to keep our passions, our passions in balance. We have to take responsibility for all that we create because all that is deleterious exists as a result of our conscious choice. We must atone in our acts, our prayers, our thoughts, and our word. We have to work to make this place the world we wish it to be. For all mankind. That's it for part one, chapter four on alchemy. Next is chapter five, the word. Remember, you can support this program by purchasing a copy of Apple of Perception by J. E. Benet. That's V E N N E. It is available on Kindle and paperback through Amazon. Until next time, I am Joseph Edward Benet. Take it easy and be excellent to each other.